0: Glad that you're here with us. You made it. So far, you've survived phase one of Snowmageddon, and it's good. I always wonder, though, why people freak out and the news goes crazy about snow in Spokane. It always baffles me. Like, don't we know how to drive in the snow yet? But you don't. You drive behind people, and it's like, bro, like, it's Spokane. Come on. Well, glad that you made it here and you made it here safely. I'm hoping you get home safe. Uh, but hey, if you're a guest, just thank you so much for being here with us. We have been in the series that we started last week called First Things First. And what this series is all about, it's about prioritizing the things that are most important to us in our life. And what are those things that we should be prioritizing and what should we be placing? First, in our life, that's on the front of our mind, the front burner, those things. And so last week, we looked at the first part of your day. And what that was was all about our relationship with God. It's having a devotional life where we read our Bible, we pray, maybe we write some things down, and we're prioritizing spending time with the Lord. It's very important. And today, I want to talk to you all about rest. We all need to take a day off, right? I know that some of you here in this room that maybe have a difficult work environment or you work so much and you just never really get a day off, that if your boss came to you and, um, or maybe you're a student and your professor came to you or an advisor and they said, hey, I've been noticing that you've been working really hard or I've been noticing that you've been studying a lot. And for the rest of the year, I want you to take a day off. And not only that, I'm going to pay you for it, and I'm going to let you have it. Like, you do whatever you want to do, go and rejuvenate. There are people here in this room that if their boss told them that, they would fight someone to make sure that they kept that, right? But I also know that there's people here in this room that they just work, 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 and never take a day off. And here's what I know is that in the church specifically, there are more burnt out people um, than in most places. Because not only do we all have our own vocation and we work all week long or maybe we mom all week long, right? But then we have this burden to, to fulfill the great commission, to fulfill the great commandment, that we're trying to serve our community, we're trying to reach lost people, and that we do all those things and it can feel like you just never took a break, but God's uh, that wasn't God's original intent for the healthy rhythms of our week and of our lives, that God's original intent was to work for six days and to rest for one. It's called the Sabbath. And it's a principle that sometimes we lose sight of and we don't take fully to heart. And it can really, what it ultimately it becomes is it's a trust issue with God, that we feel like I always have to work and I have to stretch my work week all week long because if I don't, then I might, uh, I, I might not be able to provide for my family. And it's the lack of trust sometimes that we have that if I take a day off, Lord, you might not cover me. It can become this trust issue. But we see the Sabbath principle, which the Sabbath is just a day set apart that uh, is a special day. And it's a day on purpose meant to dedicate to the Lord, but also to refresh and rejuvenate yourself. And we see this principle of the Sabbath embedded in the creation story. We see it commanded to the Israelites um, in the Old Testament. And we also see it reaffirmed by the life of Jesus and other New Testament writers like Paul. God created a sustainable rhythm for our life. And keeping that Sabbath is one of the most important, healthy human rhythms that we need to prioritize in our weekly schedule, the first part of our week. Now, here's a, a quick uh, factoid for you. All right, the uh, I was looking at some stats about fast food restaurants. Okay, anyone like fast food? It's okay. I, I don't like fast food at all, really. But the average fast food restaurant um, makes about a gross earnings of a million dollars a year. Now, some make a little bit more, some make a little bit less, but the average fast food restaurant makes about a million a year. And the, most fast food restaurants are open early morning, and they open very late, late night or sometimes 24 hours. And they make about a million a year, open seven days a week, 24 hours, right? Now, Chick-fil-A Chick-fil-A is open six days a week, and they're only open from six to ten. And their founders uh, wrote it into their bylaws when they founded Chick-fil-A that they would have a day of rest, that they wanted to keep a Sabbath day for everyone. Now, Chick-fil-A, and the average Chick-fil-A fast food restaurant makes an average of five million a year. Five million. Now we all know that Chick Fil A is like manna from heaven, right? And like it's really, really tasty. And there's been some like secular uh, people that have tried to take their their uh, stab at like, well, why are a Chick why is a Chick Fil A restaurant more successful by an exceeding amount than the average fast food restaurant? And they come up with things like, well, if you take a day off, it builds a craving. And they have these like little they have these things that they come up with that go like, "Well, maybe they just have this thing, but I know, and I agree with their recipe, no pun intended, all right I agree with their recipe not only on chicken but on how they structure their week, that they wrote it in that we will take a day of rest, and what that does is that that other people might say, oh, if Chick-fil-A was just open on Sundays, like boy oh boy, they're losing out on so much money. They they could actually make even more money than five million per restaurant. Maybe they'd make five and a half million because you'd have 52 more days that you'd be operating as a business. But you know what I believe is that if they worked on that Sabbath day, I bet they'd be right back with all the other restaurants, about a million or million and a half per year because God does something special when we honor him. And I am not today going to preach any type of prosperity gospel or anything like that, but there is a principle here that we have to understand that when we honor him with a day a week that is given back to him, God does something special. That what we're saying is that I'm gonna stop working so Lord, you begin providing. This is one of the greatest principles that God ever gave us. And he takes it really seriously. It's not just a suggestion by the Lord, but it is a commandment. It's a commandment. And we see this in the Old Testament. We see this all the way back in Genesis, the beginning of Genesis in the creation story, where God made the heavens and the earth and all the things in six days, and then he rested on the seventh. And then we see it in the 10 commandments that he uh, gave to Moses. One of the 10 commandments was to honor and keep the Sabbath holy. But actually we see this prior to the 10 commandments as well. This was not something that God just wrote and gave to Moses. We see this in Exodus 20 in the 10 commandments. We also see it in Exodus 16 prior to the 10 commandments. And we're gonna look at both of those. But let's look at the 10 commandments right now just so we jog our memory. Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11. This is, this is the, uh, the commandment by the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work at all, neither you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male or female servant nor your animals nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. On the seventh day, God rested. He established this. He did all that he could in six days and then he rested on the seventh. God wanted to paint a picture even through the creation story of what it would be like um, to have a healthy, balanced life. Life, that God is the one who established the seven-day work week, not you or me or anyone else. God, God established that, or the seven-day week, a six-day work week. He established that, and he also painted a picture of what balance looks like. That you work for six days, and you rest for one day. The Lord blessed the Sabbath. He made it holy, and he made it special amongst other days. This is a commandment. You know, I like to work and got all kinds of things going on. I love to see progress happening, uh, but you need to rest. And I need to rest because God says, when you rest, then I go to work for you. If you're going to live a life that I've called for you, you need to rest. You must rest. And you know, we see this throughout the New Testament as well in Jesus and other writers. And Paul affirms the uh, the Sabbath commandment as well. But we know that Jesus came and he uh, not only upholded the law, but he fulfilled the law. So we don't have to live under the legalism of the exact Sabbath day, which for the Israelites, it was Saturday. We don't have to live under that anymore, but we do need to, it's still a commandment for our life to honor a day. And this is what Paul writes in Romans 15. He says in the same way, some think one day is more holy than another. He's talking to the people who believe. Some of you believe in the Sabbath day, while others think every day is alike, people who don't believe what we believe at all. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. It could be Sunday. It can be Monday. But you got to make a day special. Many people make Sunday their Sabbath day because they go to church on, on Sunday. They're able to rest with their family. A lot of times there's not all these other things going on, and they choose Sunday, but for past, I work on Sunday, you know, but I my day off is Friday, and for you maybe uh, you have a job that's Sunday, but you could take another day off. Choose whatever's acceptable. A Sabbath day is just a special, holy day. It's different. It's purposeful. It's not just a day that you that you uh, don't do anything at all and just pray all day and go in the corner and you know just read your Bible and pray all day long. No, it's, it's good to invest in your relationship with the Lord, but it's also good to invest in relationship with others, with your family, with your spouse, maybe um, with some close friends. Do some recreation or recreation, right? Recreation, recreation, something that recreates you, that builds life into you, and real, true rest. That means sleeping maybe a little bit longer for your body to catch up, to, to, to sit and relax just a little bit, drink an extra cup of coffee in the morning. Whatever that is, it's on purpose. And God established this in the Ten Commandments. It's a part of the Ten. So that means that thou shall not murder. Thou shall not steal. You shouldn't commit adultery. You shouldn't lie. You should honor your mother and father, right? Those, all the other commandments, it's right there. Honor the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. So that means that if I came to you and I said, hey, I need you to kill someone for me. You'd be like, uh, no, right? Or if I came to you and I was like, hey, I, I need you to go into Best Buy for me. I'm short on some change. And I've been looking at this new uh, plasma TV. I need, can you steal it for me? You'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to do anything, those things. But for some reason, out of the 10, or you, like honor your mother and father, right? You would never tell a kid, like talk back to your mom, right? You wouldn't do that. But for some reason, we get in our minds that, okay, here's these 10 commandments. And the ten are su- or the nine are super important. But then God made this 10th commandment. And this 10th commandment, it's kind of at the bottom of the list. And like really, if, if um, you just go to church every now and then, maybe you shoot one up to the big man upstairs occasionally, then it's kind of cool with him. And he's kind of just good with that. And uh, as long as you don't murder someone, he's good with, like, just, you know, you don't have to actually take a day off. But in reality, the Bible says that, God says that, none of the New Testament writers say that anywhere. You know what they do is they affirm the Sabbath. What means is God keeps the Sabbath at the same level as murder. He keeps the Sabbath at the same level as theft, lying, adultery, those types of things. So that means that if we lower that, we're only fooling ourselves thinking that that's acceptable and pleasing in God's eyes. It's not. There's no way I could talk you into killing someone, but for some reason it would be super easy to talk you into working an extra day when you shouldn't. And that is unacceptable. It is a commandment in God's eyes. He keeps those on the same level. But many times we feel like if I work harder, 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 I got to get ahead, I got to do more. If there's someone that, you know, I'm a a peer with at my work, and um, as long as I work twice as hard as them, I'll get noticed and I'll move ahead. But I don't know if you've ever been in this position at work or maybe at school where you're working your tail off, and then there's this other guy, Joe Blow over here. He's not working half as much as you, but for some reason he got, you know, a promotion before you did, Or maybe, you know, he's at equal level as you. Or maybe at school, I don't know if you've ever had someone in, like, your college class or your uh, high school class. And, like, you study and you work hard. You put an effort into something, and then you just got the same grade of someone that, like, didn't do half as much as you. And I'm not saying be lazy. But what I am saying is that there are occasions and instances that when you work harder— all you're doing is trying to work when someone else might be asking God, would you provide for me on this day? These are principles that, that if we abide by them, the Ten Commandments, they're really good. They're, they're, there's going to be good things and good outcomes that happen if you abide by the Ten Commandments. But also if you don't abide by them, there's going to be consequences. And the Ten Commandments for us, because we know that Jesus fulfilled the law, all that that means is that we still have to honor them. Because they're like guardrails to our life. It's like if you're driving up a mountain pass and there's guardrails. It doesn't mean that you can't go through the guardrail, does it? But what it does mean is if you go like, I'm gonna go this way, what that means is you're gonna go off and there's gonna be a consequence by going over the guardrail, isn't there? It doesn't mean that you're gonna be eternally punished to hell if you break one of the commandments. Jesus still loves you. You can go and murder someone and there's going to be a real consequence for murdering someone. It doesn't mean that Jesus does not love and, uh, uh, murderers in prison as much as you, as me. They're his children as well. But it does mean that there's real consequences in life when we don't honor the commandments that God set up as guardrails to our life, that when we stay within them, there's going to be good outcomes, right? Every parent knows this about when you, uh, you're supposed to honor your mother and father. If you go outside that guardrail of honoring your mother and father, are there good outcomes? No, there is not. But when children stay within the guardrails of honoring their mother and father, there's good outcomes for a kid when you do that. And the same is with the Sabbath. Sabbath. It's right equal there. When you stay within that the, and keep that holy, the guardrails of keeping the Sabbath holy, there's going to be a good outcome. But it also means that there's going to be a consequence. There's going to be a consequence if you don't do that. And those days of rest that you need, they accumulate. And I don't know if you ever known someone in your life that worked so hard they had a heart attack or they worked so hard into high blood pressure. That's a real legitimate thing. That's something that the medical field deals with often. You're so stressed, you're working so hard, you're gonna put yourself into a heart attack or you're gonna put yourself in a position to have high blood pressure or different medical conditions. That there's real consequences um, to uh, not honoring that. Here's another consequence, your marriage. You don't honor the Sabbath. There's a consequence in your marriage If you don't honor that and you just work, 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 there's a consequence with your relationship with your children, the people who look up to you. There's a consequence when you work so much that your kids don't see you that often. Those are real consequences that I don't have to answer other than my own life. And you only have to answer for your own life. Those are real consequences. But when we abide in those, good things can happen. And here's one of those things that when we're in within those guardrails and we're honoring the Sabbath, it gives us the opportunity to trust God. It gives you, and it sets this day in your week to trust God that if I'm not working today, Lord, I need you to be working on my behalf. And it gives God the opportunity to provide for you. It gives God the opportunity to be God in your life. So prior to the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 16 is when we see uh, the Sabbath set for the Israelites. It was first uh, definitely a guide for the Israelites versus the commandment uh, for the Israelites. That they're wandering through the desert. They're tired. They're thirsty. They're hungry. They're walking all day. They're doing all these things. They don't know where life is going to take them. And then God uh, is providing food from, for them. And this is where we pick up in Exodus 16. It says, he told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest. Oh, doesn't that sound good? Complete rest. A holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil or fry as much Chick-fil-A as you want <laughs> today and set aside what is left for Tomorrow. So they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome, and it was good without maggots or odor. This is what was happening, is while they were in the desert, God was providing manna from heaven. Little Chick-fil-A burgers were coming down, right? (laughs) And they were eating that. But what happened, and just like happens today, people got greedy. And people were collecting more than they should, and they were storing it up for later. But then what they found out is that if they got greedy and they stored up more manna than they should, the next day it was rotted and it was gross and it was full of maggots. And what, what uh, they say here is that if you work for six days and you can collect as much as you want in those six days, if you let it hang over to the seventh day, um, uh, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to actually provide a double amount on the sixth day, so you have enough that you don't have to go collect anything on the seventh. I'm gonna provide more than enough for you if you keep this holy. I'm going to bless it and make it even more. And so Moses said, eat this food today for the Sabbath um, is is a Sabbath day uh, dedicated to the Lord. There will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food for six days, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. But Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, like, we don't need Chick-fil-A today. Like you and I have been, I've driven into a Chick-fil-A on Sunday and been like, ah, darn it, right? They even went out on the seventh day, but they found no food. And here's the real principle in this passage right here, that you can work six days and God's gonna bless it. He's going to multiply it so that you don't have to work on the seventh day, that you can trust him and God's gonna give you more than you need. But here's the principle. If you go out on the seventh day, I won't be there. There's going to be nothing for you. There's going to be no provision. So this principle, what it means is that if you can work seven days long, but that seven days you're working, on that seventh day, God's not going to be providing those extra deals for you. He's not going to be helping you uh, put stuff together. He's not going to be giving you blessing and honor throughout uh, uh, that day. You're going to be out in the wilderness alone without him. And that's the real principle. But if we honor him and we give him the six days, then we say, here's six, and God, you do what you want, and you multiply it. You take that day off, and God will bless it and you're honoring him, and you're resting. But if you don't, you'll be on your own. And I don't know about you, if you're just always grinding, always working. And the, the way that the work week is structured now in so many environments, because we're so connected with phones and tablets, and computers, and uh, uh, remote access, and all these things that really what happens is like, you know, the five-day work week, it gets stretched into six or seven days because it's like, I'll try and get everything I can Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, um, but then on Saturday, I'm going to do a little bit, and I'm going to be responding to emails, and I'm going to be doing this. And then on Sunday, if something pops through, I've I got to call my, my, uh, this person back, or i got to email that. You know, it, The work week stretches into the middle of the night for some of you, just like it does for me sometimes. I've been up at 2 a.m. responding to emails before. That didn't happen 25 years ago, 30 years ago, did it? There was no work to do at 2 a.m. unless you were physically in the office. And, and so here we are in this new environment that you can work whenever you want. I'm super busy too. I'm a pastor. I'm a student working on a master's degree. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. That there is at any point in time, I can stop and I have something to do at any point in time. I can stop on a Saturday and go, I got things I got to do. I can stop on a Friday. On a di- I could wake up in the middle of the night and go, I got you know three books I got to be reading right now. There is a lot that I can do just like you that, you know, understand how the work week is structured now. It's not just a nine to five Monday through Friday. That's not how work works anymore. And so, what can happen is it stretches across your whole week, and you end up responding to emails, you end up texting, calling, doing things, logging on every single day of the week. Have you rested lately? you taking the Sabbath. Now, here's what we're not talking about, okay? Because some of you in the room are like, I got this Sabbath thing on lock. We're not talking. If you take four Sabbath days a week, that <laughs> is not God, okay? Now, this is a whole message in and it, in it of itself, and we're not, I don't have time for that message. Maybe another day. That if you're really good at Sabbathing, like, I, I Sabbath, like, three days a week and sometimes four, you know? If your Xbox knows you more than your employer, there's a problem there, okay? And so here's what I want you to do. If that's you and um, you're in this mindset of, you're, you got, you, the moment I said Sabbath, you got able to tune it all out because you got this down. I want you to close your eyes right now, okay? I want you to listen, not to my words, but I want you to listen to Proverbs 6, 6 through 11, And I'm going to read it in the message version version, because Eugene Peterson, he translated the message. He's a savage in this, all right? So just close your eyes and listen, okay? You lazy fool. (laughs) Look at an ant. I love how he brings it to the smallest little creature on earth, right? Look at an ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer it stores up food. At harvest it stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed? A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this, you can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's enough for that sermon, okay? Now here's the deal. If you're not able to work for some unique reason, that's different than if you are able to work, but you're just choosing not to. Or you're just like, I've I've gone online and I, I've I've, you know, just... I've looked around online for stuff. That is not God. You can't Sabbath five days a week and say that you got that commandment down. God says, if you're able to work, you need to work. God worked. Adam and Eve worked. You and me, we work as well. All right, moving on. Point number two, it's a gift. The, the Sabbath is a gift. As we read on in Exodus chapter 16, This is what it says. The Lord asked Moses, How long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. It's a gift. That is why he gives you a two day supply on the sixth day. So there will be enough for two days. On the seventh day, or on the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out and pick food on the, on the seventh day so the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. Don't work yourself into a heart attack. Don't work yourself into a divorce. It's a gift to you. It's literally God not only commanded it, but he gifts you this gift of saying, here's a day that you can get refreshed, replen- replenished. This is a gift to your wife. This is a gift to, to your kids. This is a gift to you. It's a gift that you might have a little bit of refreshment, that you might sit back and find yourself refreshed. Jesus, when asked about the Sabbath in Mark chapter two, um, this is what happened here in verse 23. On the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields and his disciples walked along. They began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? But Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Other translations say, The Sabbath was made to serve man, not man serve the Sabbath. Here's what Jesus is saying The Sabbath was not a rule that now you just have to, uh, like, uh, obligated to oblige by. Like, I got to serve the Sabbath. No, the Sabbath was made for you. God created it to serve you. God created the Sabbath to serve your family. God created the Sabbath for you, not for you to serve it. It's a gift that God has given you. Here, take a day off. Don't work. Don't rob God the opportunity to be your God. You know, are you doing too much? Are you working too hard? This is refreshment for your soul. What do you do one time a week, one day a week that refreshes you, that brings you life? For me, my family, my wife, we love being outside. We could go on a walk around the neighborhood. We could go on a hike. I mean, just being outdoors, it just replenishes us. It refreshes us. And that means like, don't do something even more stressful on your Sabbath day than your work. Like don't take, load up five of your kids and take them to Boulder Beach. And it's just like, oh my goodness. Like it's even more stressful to do that than just to like sit at home. What do you do that refreshes you? And what this also means is that on the day that you choose is gonna be your day off. That means when you get an email, you don't respond to it. I know that's super hard. And that means that then when they follow the email up with like, hey, I emailed you this morning and they're texting you now, I emailed you this morning, can you get back to me? That means you don't get back to them. I know that's super hard. And then on Monday morning comes around, right? And they're like, hey, I emailed you, I texted you. Where's your phone at, right? you say, sorry, I was taking a day of reference. It's the Sabbath. And people might not understand, but you know, that's okay. Because what that allows you to do is organize your life in a way. And I had someone ask me after this last service, like, what happens if you have to work on on the day? That's it, you know, God's not gonna banish you to hell or something because you worked on the Sabbath. Sometimes things come up that you literally cannot get out of. I get that. But here's the thing. Why are all those things that you literally cannot get out of happen on the Sabbath? You know? And I think what God might say to you in that instance is, you need to manage your life better. You have six days you can put it in order. And if if you're always having the emergency on this day, There's a problem with how you're managing and structuring your life. Don't work so much. What might happen if you begin to trust God that last day? You put it down. What might happen to your life? And sometimes that means a financial increase for you. I'm I'm not gonna lie, it could mean that, but it doesn't always mean that. So it's not just about prosperity, prosperity. What it might mean is you have a better relationship with your wife, What it might mean is you have a better relationship with your kids. What it might mean is that your soul in which is tired actually feels refreshed. Promise you this, that God can do more in your life in six days than you can do in seven. Here's the last thing. It's an invitation. It's an invitation that God invites us to be rested. He invites us to get refreshed. He invites us into relationships. It's not just a commandment. It's not just a gift to you. He invites you to be with him because he's the only one that can truly refresh you. And as you read on later in that same Exodus passage, Moses then goes again through the creation story. And it says, on the six days, he created the heavens and the earth. And on the seventh day, God rested and he was refreshed. And that, ref- that word refreshed in the original language means to like breathe in. So that means that when God created, he was speaking and breathing out, he breathed life into Adam. And then on the seventh day, he, he breathed in. And I know that, I don't know about you, maybe you've worked so hard, you've mommed so hard. And if you've just ever found yourself, like, if I could just catch my breath, then I could make it into next week. I don't know if you've ever been there, but that's what God wants to give you and invite you into. But it's more than just a physical breath of your lungs, isn't it? Like a, like I can breathe right now, but it's a breath for your soul. It's where your soul is tired and thirsty. And it's where your soul, if you're like, if my soul could just take a breath for a moment. That's where that refreshment means to, your soul takes in breath and it gives you life. And that's what God invites you into. David writes in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Or your soul actually pauses and breathes in. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest rest for your soul. Sometimes when we're so tired, what it really means is your soul needs refreshment. Your soul needs to breathe in. And God invites you into that. An invitation that once a week, I want you to pause and not do anything that stresses you, invite you into a relationship with me, on purpose with your family, and what what we're gonna do is as you read your Bible or pray or spend time and rest, sleep in a little longer, God's gonna allow your soul to actually catch its breath. And he invites you into that. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, God, forgive me for the days in which I do not honor the Sabbath. Forgive me for the days in which I find something more important in my human mind than spending time with you and finding refreshment in my life. Lord, I pray that as you said to Moses, how long will these people not honor the Sabbath? I pray that it would be up until 2020. 2020, Lord, that we would be people who honor you, that we trust you, that you would provide for us, that you're good, that it's a gift that we might open and cherish. And those of us right now that feel like if I could only catch a breath, if only my soul could catch a breath, I'm so tired. Lord, we just pray that your refreshment right now as we breathe in and breathe out. God, we breathe in your refreshment in our soul. God, that only you provide that living water that will bubble up inside of us. Lord, breathe into us anew refreshment for our soul and rest that we may need that we might get to the same place next week and do the same thing over and over again. Lord, we thank you and we love you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, wait, 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 wait. No one move, no one move. I I forgot something. And Lord, Lord Jesus, oh, holy one, you know what you need to do at 340. We ask that you would bless it and all God's people said, amen. Hey, if you're new here, I'd love to meet you. I'll be right over here. Uh, You can come talk with me, love to get you connected. Jacob will be there as well. If you'd like some prayer, there'll be people right over here. They'd love to pray with you. God bless you, we'll see you next week.